Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. All right, well, we are getting close to Easter, a beautiful time of year, a beautiful time in the story of the church, and also a time filled with some hardship. And I've been thinking back to prepping for Easter seasons, and I was thinking back to this one specific year. I think I was about 10 years old, and in our religion where we grew up, we participated in Lent. So what that means is the 40 days before Easter, you typically give something up, a sacrifice, just to remind yourself of the sacrifice that Jesus made. In this specific year, I gave up pop and candy. And our family was about to go on spring break for Easter, going to the typical Ohio destination, which was Myrtle Beach. And so we were at the beach. And I remember waking up on Easter morning. It was still a little dark in the room. There was that really small hotel kitchen table. And I remember going and sitting down and I was so excited. I had an orange crush to drink and a big white chocolate bunny for breakfast that day. And I was so darn excited about it. And that's all I was looking forward to. And I sat and I enjoyed it. And then I continued to enjoy ice cream and pop and just went about life like nothing happened. And as I go and I look into later years and adult years, it seems like this trend continues. You go through it, you do it, and then nothing changes. You go right back to where your life was. And the tragedy in my journey is just that, that I allowed myself to go through this journey of preparation for Easter and what it meant and the transforming power of the cross, but nothing changed. I did all the things. I read the story every year, went through the motions. In fact, this is about the time in church where it's Palm Sunday and it was a service that was longer than normal. And so you kind of dreaded it going in because you knew you would have to be there longer, but thank goodness they gave you palm branches on Palm Sunday. And so by the end of the service, boy, you look around and there was a lot of really beautiful palm crosses, braided palms, flowers, you name it. And I could tell you every step of that service. I can smell the incense. The crowd participated a little bit and I can still hear all of us yelling, crucify him, crucify him and all the details of it. But I didn't pull the meaning behind it. Every year, same story, same results. I, I just went through the motions without letting that transforming power of that story stir in me. And it was there the whole time. It was in front of me, just waiting for me the whole time but it didn't break into me because I wasn't allowing it to. And man, that's a place where the enemy wants you. (laughs) He wants you in a place where you believe that Jesus died for you. You go through the motions, you do the things, but there's not this transforming power of the work of the cross. And so maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you walk with Jesus, but you just can't seem to get it together. Maybe you're even wondering, well, then I'm doing this. I'm showing up. Why do all of these challenges keep coming and knocking me off of my path? Why am I still struggling? And so as we go through this Easter story, I want to start by talking about someone's story who's just really impacted me. And I think it will for you too. And this person seems to get stuck in the same place. They seem to have good intentions, good heart, right back where they were and fall short and fall short. And yet we see that there is meaning and purpose behind it all. And so this is where I want to start. So if you are at the same place today, maybe you're just going through the motions or you feel like it is just struggle after struggle after struggle, or maybe you've never felt the power of the cross. Maybe you've never experienced it, that maybe we can just dive into this and just 
open your heart to the story and see what it does for you in your life and to be reminded too that God is a God who uses every single detail to prepare us for where we are meant to be. So we're going to go to Peter. Peter is the man who followed Jesus and had a heart for Jesus. He was the one who got out of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus and had this moment of doubt, but Jesus reached out and rescued him. And we get to the persecution right about the time where Jesus is going to take his journey to the cross. And the last meal that the disciples and Jesus celebrate together, they are all together. And in Luke's gospel, Jesus looks to Peter and at this meal, he says, Simon, Simon. And he says this because if you see in scripture, sometimes Jesus changes his people's name. So Simon is also Peter. So he calls him by his original name, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you so that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus explains to Peter what this will mean, that he will deny Jesus three times before he's crucified. And let's talk about this sift like wheat. If you haven't listened to an older podcast episode, we talked about this, but what sifting like wheat means is that when wheat was taken off the field back in the day, first they had to pound it. They had to hit it really hard so that the the outer part would be removed. And then they had to sift it. And it was basically like shaking in this greater looking thing where they would shake it out really, really hard to remove the impurity. So you're left to the part that was edible. And so essentially Satan is asking to shake Peter and the other disciples to their cores. He wants to find their weak areas. He wants them to feel the hardship and break them to their core. And so as Jesus tells Peter that he'll deny him, of course, Peter denies it. He says he was prepared to go to prison and to die with Jesus. And so they finish their dinner and then they go to the garden of Gethsemane. And here Jesus took with him, Peter, James, and John, and he wanted him to keep watch. He needed to go pray to his father. And he told the disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So this is your friend. This is your friend, someone who's taught you a lot. And they're about to go into something really, really hard. And they just need to go sit and pray. And they need someone to sit and just look out for them. And so that's where Peter was. He was just asked to sit and just keep watch so that no one came to Jesus so he could have this time to go pray to this point that he is so overwhelmed with anything. And so Jesus goes to pray and he comes back and he finds them asleep. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, couldn't you men keep watch for me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I think Jesus knew what was coming. Not only did this happen the first time, but it happened a total of three times. So here we already see Peter falling asleep on Jesus. And I think how many times does this happen to us? We're right there with him. We're in the story with him, but we're asleep to it. We don't have our eyes open to really see it and feel it. And how many times our spirit genuinely wants to. We want to know God. We want to be there with him. But man, our flesh just keeps getting in the way. And so the last time after this happened where he came out, Jesus was handed over and his journey to the cross began. And this is also where the sifting comes in for Peter. So when Jesus was taken away, Peter kind of follows after him. And three different times he asks, he's asked by other people if he knows Jesus and he denies it all three times times. And I want to point this out because I always think this is so interesting. Back in the beginning, when Satan first came into the garden, he started tempting Eve with questions. And here he did the same thing with Peter. 
So sometimes it's just a question, a question that can completely break us and get us off track. And this did for Peter, said Peter left the garden weeping, realizing what he had done. Peter didn't want to deny Jesus. His flesh just stepped in in this moment. And maybe this is where you are today. Maybe you keep falling into these same things over and over. Maybe habits of the flesh just aren't going away. Maybe your spirit so wants it to, but that flesh is just, man, it's just stopping you. Maybe you've gone through Easter after Easter and you've never really got the story. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I don't get it, or I keep falling short, so this story isn't for me. Or maybe you're just questioning, why are all these challenges coming in? Why are all these things knocking my knocking me down? I am trying to be good and faithful here. Why do all these things come and stop me in my path? And maybe the temptation for you is to even think, if I could just do enough for you, Jesus, I'd have an easier road. I wouldn't stumble. I wouldn't fall. I wouldn't be facing all of these things. And something that I pull from this is seeing that at the Last Supper, Satan had to ask permission to test Peter. He had to ask permission. Why? Well, Jesus already knew what Peter's role would be after the crucifixion. He knew what Peter would be called to. God doesn't test us to see what we're made of. He already knows what we're made of. It's in the testing and the trial that there is something coming for us for something later down the road in God's stories. And one of my favorite pastors said this recently in a sermon. He said, God doesn't test us to see what we're made of. He tests us so we can see what he's made of. And sometimes we end up in those moments because God allows it. Because his vision is bigger than anything we can see or imagine. That he knows that we've got to walk through this rough season to get to where the places that he's planned for us. Or maybe we need to have some story of God coming through in that moment so that we can then go share that story with someone else. And it's so important to remember, God's just not sitting up at heaven with the meme button saying, all right, let's see who we can test today and teach a lesson today. That's not it at all. It's all a part of his bigger plan. And that might mean suffering now. That might mean hardship now. Jesus tells us in the world we will have trouble. And we'll see on Easter what Jesus does with the trouble of the world. And scripture tells us that God is near to the brokenhearted because there are things that are painful here. There are things that break our heart, yet that doesn't mean that God isn't good. And a lot of those times, it's a way for us to see that he's bigger than the hurt. It's a way to remember that we need a savior to get us to the place where there is no more hurt. There is no more wrong where everything we've done wrong will be made right. There's no illness. There's no absence of loved ones where we are in this place of perfect harmony and that we need that thing that gets us there. And so sometimes as hard as it is, God allows us to go through trials and it's not for nothing. It's all a part of his plan and his purpose. And other times we go through these hard times because of our own flesh, because we chose to turn away from God. But the reminder is that God will use that too. Nothing goes to waste with him. And in a couple weeks, we're going to see what happens with Peter. We're going to see that after Jesus dies, there's actually going to be one more special encounter with Peter and Jesus. And it's going to put all this into perspective. So make sure that you listen to that episode. It's two away from now. But I don't want to go there yet. I want to sit in this moment where we've fallen short, where we've walked into something hard and we didn't get the outcome that we wanted and we don't know what else to do. 
we don't know the rest of the story and how it's all going to play out. Because I can imagine that if I was sitting there as Peter, I'd be thinking, oh man, I have no idea how this is going to play out. I know I personally would be disqualifying myself from anything else. I'm like, man, I'm Jesus's man. I'm hearing the story with him. And I was prepared to go to battle with him. And I just three times, three times, not once, not twice, but three times just denied even knowing him. And I've been walking with him and giving my life for him for three whole years. I know that's what I would have done. But if you were sitting in Peter's shoes, you did have something. Peter had the ability to remember all the things Jesus had already brought him through. He was on the boats. When the storms came, Jesus calmed the storm and told them not to be afraid. When Peter took the step to get out on the water before, then he started to sink. Jesus was there to save him. And immediately it says, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter has the ability to go back on all of these stories where he had fallen short, but see that God didn't that Jesus didn't, all the stories of the miracles, all the things he witnessed. And we have that today too. Maybe you can't look back and pinpoint an exact area where, wow, God came in and stepped in because you can't see that full picture yet. As you get to know God, you will, because God has brought us through to everything, but maybe you're not there yet. What we do have is this book called scripture, this book of the Bible that is filled before Jesus even died with so many people who fell short, with so many people who faced undue hardship, yet God was good. And his plan was good. And so we can have the confidence in that. And so if you're there today, I just encourage you to open up this book and to read it and to see that this is not a story of perfect people. It's a story about imperfect people who put their trust in the perfect one and what happens when they do. And a reminder for myself today, and maybe you need it too, just hitting this home that there will be trials. There will be trials in our life. And James says it this way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In both of the stories of the storms on the sea, the disciples were sent there by Jesus. They were sent in the storm to see that they had nothing to fear and that he was in control. And that storm that maybe you're facing today, it's not for nothing. There is nothing to fear. And Jesus is in control. Jesus puts us there to see that he is greater, that he is in control, and that we are in need of him and his saving power. And so as we go into the story of Good Friday, of Easter, we'll have the ability to see that transforming power of the cross and what that really meant for us. And each year, as we learn a little bit more about it, we'll see that this has the power to change our lives if we let it. This cross that says this brokenness that you're in right now isn't where you have to stay. This this cross that says this brokenness is for a bigger purpose and bigger meaning. And it may not be on this side of heaven, but this cross opens up the door to the ultimate purpose of it, which is in God's kingdom. A story that says you don't have to live in the same stuck way that you're living right now. The same stuck way over and over and over again. Your circumstances may not change, but your view of them sure can. When you see the work that was done on the cross. And it's not something that we read, man. I did that. (laughs) I did it year after year. I read it. I spoke it. It's not something we read, but something 
to experience. And so maybe you're like me and you've been through the motions or maybe you've never really got it. Maybe you're not sure you believe it or maybe you've really never been taught it in a way that means something to you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to pray over you to just take whatever that is, that whatever that is, that wall that's stopping you from getting into this story and present it to God. Because that's what God's here for. Again, he didn't work with the people who had it all together, but the ones who came to him. And so as we open our heart to him, as we just open our heart to the areas that we're struggling in life, whatever it may be, whatever circumstance it is, that we just say, God, I can't, I can't get over this right now. I just want to see you in it. And these things are stopping me. This is a doubt I have. This is a question I have. And just pray over it and see how God starts to work in your life. And so next week, we'll go into the story of the crucifixion. We're going to talk about that and and what that means. And then we'll go into the story of Peter. So make sure you keep checking back. And remember that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And that's exactly why we need a Savior to come into our story and rescue us. Not to condemn us or make us feel bad for our mistakes, but to love us, to teach us, and to help us see what God's really made of. So let's just end today together in prayer. God, thank you so much for sending your son down to be our savior. God, we just want to come to you and ask for help tearing down the walls. Help us to tear down the walls that prevent us from seeing you and your story and the meaning behind this beautiful sacrifice that you have given to us. God, help us to see that we're not called to be perfect, that we will fall short, that sometimes trials come, but that in all of it, it is working to your good and your glory. Jesus, we ask for strength as we head into this Easter season. Help us to see you and let all of that love overflow into all those we encounter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We're going to dive into more of this Easter season over the next couple of weeks. So please make sure you come back. If you feel like there's anyone who would benefit from this podcast, as always, please feel free to share it with them, share it on your social media, any way that you feel fit. That's the best way that this gets out to more people is simply by you sharing. And don't forget, we have our prayer and workouts on Saturdays. You can see the link to that in the show notes. Also with newsletters, Facebook communities, all these fun free resources to help you stay connected and help you have the tools to run back.